Hello and welcome to Cult Movie Cult, where we watch and discuss the horrific, the obscure, and the flat-out strange from the other side of cinema. I'm Mark Dickerson. And I'm Jeremy Fink, and this is the third episode in our series Fright Light, Non-Horror Horror Movies. Today we'll be talking about Bug from 2006. When you drop those off, come to the jukebox. I want to introduce you to somebody. You're very beautiful. I like hearing you talk. If you want, you can stay here tonight. That'd be nice. They live in your blood. What is that? Hey, you see it? It's a bug. Jerry, you can't stay here. You throw me out? Get out of here! crawling with these things. And they feed on your brain. There's no bugs on your skin. You have to dig it out. I'll dig it out and show you. This spring, from the Academy Award-winning director of The Exorcist... Open the door! ...comes the movie the Chicago Tribune calls one of the most disturbing horror movies imaginable. We have to kill him. They want you to know they're there. Bug. We'll never really be safe again. Bug is a 2006 psychological thriller film directed by William Friedkin of The Exorcist fame and written by Tracy Letts based on his 1996 play of the same name. The film stars Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon. It's the story of a young woman living in a motel who meets and quickly falls for a strange drifter. Shortly into their relationship, they begin finding aphids in her room and share each other's increasing paranoia over the bugs. <laughs> over the bugs. Over the bugs. <laughs> um this movie, yeah, so I, I, we're going to, usually we kind of chat before, me and Jeremy, uh, before we start recording about the movie, like briefly, and uh, we did not do that this time, mm -hmm. so uh, just for time reasons, but now I'm really curious to um, to get into it here with Bug and hear, you know, just hear your general thoughts uh, on the film. I guess before we even really get into it, I guess before we describe anything about it, what, what did you think about this film? Yeah, so I love this. this. I thought this was crazy. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. It, I've been on a big kick of reading plays lately. Um, so, so I, I've oh, been, me too. Yeah. Me too. That's so, so it was fun because I think um, when this one started out, I don't know if you've ever read the the play. I think there's a movie of it too. Um, the play Fool for Love written by Sam Shepard. Um, it, no, it, I haven't. It, it's, it's very similar kind of beginning, you know, like uh, set somewhere in, you know, middle rural America a uh, man and a woman at a at a kind of rundown motel and i was like oh i was kind of mm -hmm. i'm kind of surprised that this is you know in in our non horror horror it doesn't really feel like horror at all um it just kind of exactly. felt yeah it just it just kind of <laughs> yeah. starts out like a very straightforward you know woman with a, an abusive ex-husband uh meeting mm -hmm. a new man i'm like all right we're we're in for some relationship yeah. drama maybe maybe it's just kind of a scary tone sure. um very unassuming the yeah, how it starts. Yeah, sure. very unassuming. Although there is something. Yeah, I, we'll we'll get into it. It's unassuming how it starts, but I think there there is a, a t an underlying tone of horror. Um, but but still, they yeah. they don't lean too hard on it uh, in the early mm -hmm. going there. Um, but yeah, w once it kicks in, once once we really get going with this one, it uh, it really <laughs> it goes full force. Yeah, it goes full. It goes full force. Uh, I had I had actually forgotten. Yeah, because I had seen it years before, but I had forgotten just how full force it goes mm -hmm. it really does um but did you i mean as a cult movie fan did you appreciate i guess the over the top uh quality that it, it kind of takes on yeah i did and yeah. i i know it, it happens you know once it kicks it kind of moves really fast it, it, yeah. there's kind of a jump at one point where we go from it you know it's getting a little out of control to like totally out of control mm -hmm. um 
and what well, goes from a bug in the room, like one bug in the room yeah. or something in, in the, uh, what is it? The smoke alarm or something? Yeah. Bug in the and smoke alarm it, too. And then it goes from that to, yeah. To, you know, <laughs> mil- millions. Yeah. Um, millions. But, <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. But, but I don't know, like it, it worked for me. I know I was reading cause I, I was curious with this one because I feel like it flew under the radar a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess a lot cause I've really, I, I think I'd heard of this movie before. But was wasn't really mm-hmm. familiar with any of the lore surrounding it, or, or hadn't heard too much, which is kind of strange because Tracy Letts is yeah. a renowned playwright. William Friedkin is a yeah. renowned exactly, know, director. Yeah. Michael Shannon, was, and, you know, it's like that, Michael Shannon. Yeah, I mean Ashley Judd is, is a big, you know, especially at that time she was in a lot of movies. Yeah, and that that was part of the reason I really wanted to talk about this movie. I've mm-hmm. actually been wanting to talk about this for a long time. This movie because I feel like it is pretty. Um, you know, underrated, and even for even though I, I think it is sort of a cult film now at this point, yeah. um, I think it took a while to for people even to take notice of it and mm-hmm. to maybe just see how strange it is. So I wanted to get a you know to get a chance on the show to talk about it because I don't know something about this film. I just really react to this film. Like I just really mm-hmm. I, I get engaged with it. Um, so well, so let's let's rewind a little bit. You know, as we <laughs> kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but. Um, so this series is called Fright Light, and I think this film uh, definitely fits into the category of like a non-horror horror film, uh, for sure. Um, and I, I wanted to mention the the irony of the the title Fright Light because I'm realizing, Jeremy, that these are probably like the heaviest movies that we've ever yeah, covered on this show, they, just they, you they know, thematically scary. and like yeah. subject matter wise. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. Yeah, and like and just like yeah, pretty you know with um, well now two films that we've talked about. Um, have dealt with uh, ve- like war veterans and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the loss of a child, which also comes into play here um, as it did in Jacob's ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that, but um, it's, this is definitely an odd movie um, because it's, it's sort of this very mature movie about damaged people and about loss mm-hmm. and these kinds of things. But then it's also about bugs. Yeah. <laughs> and at times, uh, as we kind of alluded to, it gets pretty out there. Like I, I really, mm-hmm. I, I didn't remember just how out there it, it does get. Um, and I think part of that is because, uh, especially once you realize that this is based on a play, it, it makes a lot more sense. At least it did to me. Um, just how over the top, like it's very theatrical mm-hmm. towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which, you know, envisioning I've never seen the play. I actually would love to see this. Yeah, play same. Long. I was just going to say, um, I'd be so curious to see how they would do it in a play. How they would do it yeah, with yeah. the tinfoil and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think this movie is actually very close from, from what I've read. It's very close to how the actual play was, was, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically all in one location and everything with the two characters. Um, but um, yeah, I just, once you know that um, it kind of takes on a different, you, you kind of look at the film in a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of forget what my original point was here, but anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I was trying to say was that, yeah, like what, you know, just the, how theatrical it is and um, you know, it, it, it's, it's um again it's something that I kind of like I don't know it it just gets it kind of gets under my skin I guess it's a good metaphor yeah pun intended to use <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah uh, for this movie but it just kind of it creeps up on you because it is so unassuming in the beginning and yeah it, it just it, but when it gets there it, it goes all out you know mm-hmm. um so one of the main things I want to talk about uh with this film is and one of the another one of the re- main reasons I wanted to talk about it for this series in particular is that I wanted to talk about how this film was advertised versus reality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, versus how the 
you know, what the film actually is. Um, so when my friends and I, so, you know, I guess around this time I was just seeing a lot of movies, <laughs> I don't know, as young people do. And I, you know, I went with a group of friends and we went to the theaters and we saw this movie and I'm pretty sure we were just expecting to walk into a much more straightforward horror experience because it was advertised as a horror film. I think they even used the word horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I use, and I might use the clip from the the trailer, which they use that trailer guy voice from like from around yeah, this yeah. time where it's kind of like kind of like holdover from the '90s where he's like, mm-hmm. and this is Michael Shannon in Bug, you know, like Bug. Ashley Judd, yeah. you know, yeah. It'll get under your skin, you know. It's like kind of that, <laughs> that kind of a thing. It's, fun, it's um, funny to imagine. So that, that's saying, how it was. It's funny to imagine someone saying Harry Connick Jr. in that, in that voice for some Harry reason. Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> yeah, singing Sinatra's greatest hits. All your favorite hits. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we were not sure. We we thought we were in for you know just mm-hmm. a straightforward horror movie about bugs i don't know we yeah. didn't really know what it, like giant bugs we didn't you know yeah we didn't know what what it was um mm-hmm. but that was certainly not what we got but in a very good way i think mm-hmm. it um because also in the trailer uh, again which i'll most likely uh, play in the in the final episode of this um they really pushed that exorcist angle like the whole possession thing you know, they show shots of Michael Shannon kind of like convulsing and, and things mm-hmm. like that, and which does happen in the movie. But you know, they're like the you know uh, William Freakin, the director of The Exorcist, and they yeah. kind of show you those. Things. So you know, again, it's like, and they kind of give you the the um, the notion that it's like a almost like a sci-fi kind of thriller horror movie thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which it really is not at all. But no. I, I guess it kind of I don't know. I mean, I guess a little bit. I mean, um, I guess it's one of those movies that kind of depends on. How much how you, of it you, yeah, kind of how you wanna, interpret it? Yeah. Because if if, exactly, if, yeah. if if you take everything that you know the uh, the Peter character is saying literally and believe that to be the reality, then it absolutely is a sci-fi thriller. Mm. If you take it to be two yeah. people just losing their minds in a motel room, then it's not a sci-fi thriller at all. You know, it's just yeah. two people. And losing I think their that's minds. what. Yeah, I think that's part of what I like about it. It's mm-hmm. um, you you could really look at it either way, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and in that sense, some of the over the topness uh, or the exaggerated quality of it kind of works even more, mm-hmm. I think, you know, depending on how you look at it. So, um, so, but it, cause really it's, it's, you know, it is sort of that, you know, with the sci-fi horror, like there's definitely, that is there somewhat, mm-hmm. but it's much more just about these two people. And that's another thing I like. Um, and like you, Jeremy, I've been reading a lot of uh, plays re- recently for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, just been, I don't know, just really been enjoying reading plays. So, and I've, I've always loved, the, you know, going to theater and stuff like that. So um, I think I I appreciate that quality of, of this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just talk a little bit. I'm not going to go scene by scene or anything, but I just want to kind of set the scene at least a little bit um, of what the movie is, is uh, showing to us. So the film starts, um, I actually really like the opening to this movie. It starts with the sound of a phone ringing, which mm-hmm. is something that happens throughout the film. Um, I guess sort of like a motif. And um I really like that opening tracking shot. It's like it comes in from so far away, yeah. Uh, and it like, but it's so ominous and and sort of eerie. So mm-hmm. you kind of do get that horror, you know, vibe from even from the beginning. Well, I think I, I a little think, bit. I, I could be wrong. Uh, you know, see, this is uh, with a movie like this. It kind of messes with your brain so much that you lose the order. But doesn't yeah, the movie? I know. <laughs> actually, doesn't it open really quickly? At least I think in the version I watched, like open really quickly with a shot of somebody dead on the ground. 
like in that tinfoil yes. covered room is that before the phone ringing or is that after? yeah there um i think it might be before I, I i don't remember if you hear it before yeah i i think it might be the very first because i do remember that being sort of striking that you so the very yeah. first image you're right jeremy is not the tracking shot it's um a very quick shot of the dead body on the floor in yeah. the tinfoil with no context <laughs> no, with no context, context. <laughs> no. which i love like, yeah. i love that yeah i and the editing you know we, we mm -hmm. talked about it with jacob jacob's ladder i want to talk about it We're, we'll get into it more later but mm -hmm. um for sure like some of the editing is just really out there and yeah. uh so almost subliminal and i mm -hmm. think it's appropriate for the subject matter of the you know the bugs mm -hmm. under the skin and everything mm -hmm. um so there's that you know that's how the move, the film begins and uh the tracking shot is you know finally settles in on this small motel where we spend essentially the rest of our time um mm -hmm. pretty much there's, there's a couple of quick scenes like outside and at a bar and things like that but pretty much we're in we're in this motel room for the rest of the the film um and it's a it's a sort of like a desert-like region i guess in oklahoma um and um yeah so again based on a play and a very small and intimate uh, film, really just with these two characters. There is another, uh, so it's Ashley Judd um, who plays uh, the main character, I guess you would say, uh, the, the woman mm -hmm. um, who is sort of like uh, on her own and um, you eventually learn, you know, she's like an alcoholic and uh, you learn that she had a son that went missing when she was in a grocery store. Um, and I, every time she thinks of it or it's mentioned, they cut back to only one this one shot of, of like an empty uh, cart in cart, a grocery yeah. store. Yeah, and I think that's kind of neat that they, they always do that. And because um, that's all they show you. There's no flashbacks really no. or anything like you, that. I don't think um, we actually ever see the sun. We, right, which is, again, now if you're thinking of this as a play, mm -hmm. I think that yeah. it makes a lot of sense. You know, I like it. So mm -hmm. I like that, that they didn't really, um, they didn't, didn't seem like they added too much. Again, mm -hmm. I haven't seen the play, origi the original work that's yeah. based on, but. Um, it seems like they weren't going and adding scenes and things like that, you mm -hmm. know, like haphazardly. But um, but right off the bat, you do get that feeling of, of paranoia um, with her answering because, you know, the phone keeps ringing mm -hmm. and she keeps, you know, like, don't call me. You know, first she doesn't pick it up and then she's kind of yelling to the phone. Mm -hmm. um, and that that paranoid feeling really permeates the film. So that's that's there in the beginning. But obviously it increases gets a lot more um and we've discussed uh conspiracy theories as well actually in this mm -hmm. series uh among other similar subject matter um in our last episode on jacob's ladder uh yeah so there's you know that definitely comes into play here um also like in jacob's ladder the film deals with uh ptsd a mm -hmm. little bit and you know just a, just a little bit it's it's um again you don't know <laughs> exactly what's happening or what's going on so i mean you don't even know if um you know what the characters are telling you is true or not yeah but uh if we're to believe that he was um a soldier i guess in in a much more recent war than in uh than jacob's ladder mm -hmm. um but eventually he starts describing experiments uh, and, th and this is a character played by michael shannon mm -hmm. uh peter and uh he starts describing experiments which is very interesting because i didn't even make that connection when i had uh recommended this yeah that we talk about this movie two movies uh, that it has so many being similar <laughs> yeah and then uh so that causes him to get, go AWOL, basically. Mm -hmm. And I guess he kind of becomes a strifter character that um, he's, he sort of shows up with uh, the friend of Ag the main character, Agnes, her, uh, one of her friends. Mm -hmm. And um, and also like in Jacob's Ladder, there's the loss of a child, which is, uh, you know, a big part of the film. Mm -hmm. And 
and like I mentioned, it's Ashley Judd's character's uh, her son who went missing 10 years prior. So mm-hmm. now she's kind of like in this daze yeah. state. You know, she's just kind of hanging out in this motel and I guess she lives there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it it kind of seems like of, she's hiding yeah. out a little bit because from the beginning, all yeah. the, it doesn't well, seem well, like she's... So, yeah. yeah. Like he finds her pretty easily. Well. Yeah, like the, it seems yeah. like the ex-husband is yeah. looking for her and she's not hidden that well because he kind of shows up immediately. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it kind of seems like there, there's a thing she was running away from. Yeah. And when Peter shows up, uh, right away we can tell that he's a very peculiar guy. Yeah. Like he's, you know, and a part of that's Michael Shannon. Like, yeah. I love him as an actor, mm-hmm. but he definitely has that sort of quality to him. I mean, yeah. am I wrong with that? Like, I just feel like he, you know, and he plays his character so well. Um, mm-hmm. He definitely has that awkward social, you know, like the socially awkward. Yeah. Uh, well, I, the, thing the word going on and the word that kept popping into my head with him is like blankness. You know, there was a certain blank mm-hmm. quality yeah. where it's like he could be anyone. He could be yeah. anyone because there were there were moments when he was there, and I'm like, I really don't trust this guy. But then there were moments where I was like, Oh, he seems like just kind of a pretty good. You know, he's like a kind of awkward, but he seems like a decent guy. And and I could never mm-hmm. totally get a read on on where his decisions were coming from, which is interesting because a lot of the time, you know, when you're talking about characters building out a good character as an audience member, we should be like on board with their decision making. That's how we kind of understand a character. But I think what made his character so fun and so kind of freaky was just that, like, I didn't really totally understand any of his decisions in the whole movie, you know, like, because his yeah. his his background and his history is so vague. Like, there, there's so little we actually know about this guy mm-hmm. other than that he's in Oklahoma, someone's looking for him, and, you know, that, I mean, that's yeah. pretty much it. Other than that, like, yeah. we, re- we really don't know anything, how much of what he's saying <laughs> is true or not. Yeah, the way Friedkin actually described it, because I watched some interviews with him mm-hmm. about this movie, and he said, you know, he could be a serial killer. Like, you don't know. The, yeah. the, the, char- the character of Peter, I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I for sure, I definitely... That's kind of, like, the intriguing thing about it, you know, when the movie starts, is that you don't know who this person is, and mm-hmm. you don't know what he's all about. And then you, you kind of get the feeling that something strange is going on, but then we have the scene with the chirping uh, s- smoke alarm, and they think it's a cricket. Is there actually a cricket in there? That's, I don't think we ever just... actually see a cricket. Okay. I think the, the alarm right. just we, stops. I, I actually don't think we see any bugs in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I don't think quick we see. shots of. Yeah, we see yeah. shots, but but there, it's not. The, the shots yeah. we see are, aren't, in my mind at least, weren't supposed to be the bugs that were there. I think it's yeah. just supposed to be referenced. What was interesting, too. There, there which was is cool, really, though. That's yeah. really cool. And there, yeah. was, there was a really cool sound. Design, which, well, going back to a play, it's like you can't show, oh, an, entire, too, yeah. you can't show an entire theater a bug it's going to be too small for the people in the mezzanine so you have to imply it so it was kind of you know this is interesting because a lot of adaptations of plays kind of fall flat for me Mm -hmm. um, because it feels like it's not using cinema but this one it's almost like the elements that that would make it work as a play also made it work as a movie Um, but there was a great sound design bit with that with that uh, smoke detector part because you hear it you hear it chirping and it really sounds like a bug at first but then I, I and I mean maybe I imagine this but you know that's kind of the point of this movie is when we actually see the smoke alarm, it sounds a little more like mm. a smoke alarm. Um, mm. I could be wrong. It could be the exact same sound and maybe that's just how it was in my brain, but I could almost yeah, I swear <laughs> that like on well, that, on that cut, it was a more of yeah. a smoke alarm sound and less of a chirping sound. It, it probably just, was. They yeah. probably did something because they, they definitely did some interesting things with the editing and the sound yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wait, did they show the bugs? So yeah, yeah they, they did a really good job with that kind of stuff in the movie um and this is our first allusion to bugs in the movie really mm-hmm. and also the first scene where we actually we get the hint of peter's uh, paranoia yeah 
he tells Agnes of a radioactive element and smoke alarms yeah, that yeah. she should be careful of. You know, and you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like, but but it kind of got me because I'm I'm sitting there looking at my own smoke alarm like shit. Like, <laughs> I know. I was thinking true? that too. Like, <laughs> this movie really yeah. kind of get, gets in your head and like messes with it. Does start yeah. questioning things. Exactly. Yeah. So at first you're just like, oh, that's kind of an odd comment, but all mm-hmm. right, maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, As he's touching and, it. <laughs> <laughs> As he's th- yeah, I know, and um. So yeah, the movie definitely makes you feel like I don't know. At least me, it makes me feel skeezy. Like it just—I don't know another word for that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of feel—it feels like something is under your skin, and it only increases as the movie builds. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, admittedly, it is a slow build. I would yeah. say uh, it takes a while to get going, um, but once it does, uh, as we said, it doesn't really let up. No. So, in a sense, you kind of need that build up. I thought mm-hmm. Jeremy, the, that yeah. normalcy in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, in the earlier scenes for for it to work really yeah know? well I think um, it makes you and this is this is the thing you know I'm, I'm always talking about with writer writer friends and, and film loving friends of mine is that in good horror I feel like it's the thing that makes good horror work is you care about the characters mm-hmm. you know like like there's so many horror movies out there that have great kills or great set pieces and are really interesting and visually stimulating but they don't kind of take the time to make you actually invest in the characters and the characters conflict and mm-hmm. i feel like it might be a little slow at the beginning but it's it's intriguing enough you know the, the story yeah. and, and what the characters are going through feels you know it feels mm-hmm. honest and it feels compelling enough that like if this just was a straight drama i would still be interested in it and and then when yeah. the horror element comes in exactly. i'm like genuinely invested you know, because the, th- the thing I think about a lot mm-hmm. is, you know, we, we talk about, like, the final girl uh, a lot in horror. Yeah. And obviously in this, mm-hmm. as an audience member, at least personally, I was a lot more concerned about Agnes than I was about Peter. Um, you know, yeah. it felt like her going down. But there is this thing where in movies where you have one main character in a horror movie, a lot of the time the question can kind of be, all right, does the character live or die? You know, and that's kind of the yeah. only overarching question, which isn't very interesting because if they live, then they defeat the thing. And if they die, then they don't. And that's kind of very black and white. And mm-hmm. with this one, even though it was really one main character who we're really invested in, it felt like there was kind of, you know, almost like the, the, the fate worse than death kind of thing. Like it was spiraling and there was something, you know, like I, I, w- I was so yeah. concerned what, w- what would happen to this character. Well, she's she's a very vulnerable character. Mm-hmm. Agnes and I mean in a lot of w- different ways so when she meets Peter you're, you're kind of yeah you ultimate like you, you right off the bat I've, I, you kind of feel for her and you're just yeah. like oh be careful Agnes you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. You, you know don't don't go too fast with this guy like you, you know that's yeah. how, how how I felt at least you know when mm-hmm. I first saw it um so Peter yeah so he's an odd person and he you know brings up different things that you're kind of just like oh, okay interesting mm-hmm. and then you know he starts constantly finding bugs mm-hmm. all over the motel room because you know they start a romantic relationship obviously and they they kind of you know live together in this motel for a little bit which we don't know i guess how much time no. has passed i imagine not too much but no. um who knows i guess <laughs> but um but anyway they you know so he's constantly finding bugs all over the the motel and you know the, she so he eventually tells agnes that people are after him and you know, tells her about the experiments that he thinks were done on him, and th- when he was in the army, um, and and there's also, you know, he mentions phone calls. So then you start thinking, well, were there phone calls for him, or mm-hmm. were they her ex-husband who was abusive? You know, so mm-hmm. you don't really know. Again, another thing there you don't know. Um, and Jeremy, I want to talk about. You know, we, we try to mention we gave out like shout outs to different filmmaking techniques a lot in this in this show, uh, obviously. And one of them that I really appreciated was uh, a piece of some 
very subjective filmmaking. Um, during the sequence when, when he's telling her all of this, um, I think, oh yeah, so it's, it's as Agnes emerges from the bathroom and embraces Peter because he's about to leave or mm -hmm. she thinks he's about to leave. And then he comes back and she embraces him. And as she does that, the, the room darkens and everything begins shaking and rumbling. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. literally, like the, the room yeah. starts shaking and we hear extremely loud helicopter blades kind of mm -hmm. alluding back to, well, alluding both back to the army mm -hmm. and also, you know, are there people after him outside yeah. in well, an helicopter also, right now? We don't know. Also, a yeah. thing that I was thinking about, too, because we talk about the helicopter being a motif and those aerial shots, because, you know, jumping back yeah. to another piece of very subjective filmmaking. But there's there's a conversation they're having early on where it's just like like a, a shot reverse shot dialogue scene. And we kept cutting to these extreme wide shots of the house from a helicopter um, just kind of out of nowhere. Like they'd be in the middle of saying something and we just cut to this wide. Yeah. And it's like, like very, very strange, but also I, the thing that I just came to mind as we were talking here is like, also that could almost be a point of view of like bugs, you know, like the idea of yeah. like flying bugs that... and, and, yeah. and the, the kind of relationship, no, you're right. yeah. the relationship, like wow. the fluttering of wings, how a helicopter wow. kind of has yeah. a similar oh. flight path. It was like, wow. I don't know. There's a lot of very, very, this, this is the kind of movie I feel like that, yeah. that people who, spend all, all their time thinking about how how to make movies get really excited about because they, they mm -hmm. really use cinema you know like, like they really push, they do yeah push they push the do. limits they use yeah all the tricks in the bag sort of uh it's one of those movies yeah but I, I think done like yeah zooms oh yeah, yeah that's very zooms, freaking yeah. as well mm -hmm. very freaking um yeah and, and it has his stamp on the film as well which we're going to talk about in a little bit um so that's sort of interesting mm -hmm. uh, in a good way. I think it's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good looking movie. It's not, you know, it's not flashy or over the top, no. um, but it is because it is so downplayed and, you know, it's only one setting with these two characters mm -hmm. mostly. Um, I think that was appropriate, but the film definitely pulls out its bag of tricks and, and, you know, with the editing and the sound. And mm -hmm. again, like we mentioned, the subjective filmmaking, um, all, things like that, that it's kind of like sparse throughout, but I think it works really well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also want to talk a little bit about just about the relationship between the two characters, Jeremy, um, because it becomes, you know, as as these uh, conspiracy theories are told to Agnes and conveyed to her um, and as they find more and more bugs, the, the delusion becomes grander. And this film always comes to mind when I think of um, the idea of uh, a shared delusion. Mm -hmm. Like th this is to me, like one of the best examples of that, because that's really ultimately what the movie is. Well, again, depending on how you look at it, yeah. how much of a horror or uh, sci-fi film you think it really is. But mm -hmm. um, to me, yeah, it's about these two people and these two characters in the, in the motel. And uh, yeah, one of the best examples of a shared delusion mm -hmm. uh, between two people. So it starts off with one person mentioning something. And then by the end of the movie, you know, both of them are totally believing the same thing together even though it's completely illogical if you really yeah. stop and think about it mm -hmm. um you know it, they just give themselves over to it sort of like that cult mentality um and so and the movie you know at, at times it's it's pretty funny like i found myself laughing out oh, loud yeah, at for parts. sure it's ridiculous um, but it's also yeah it's re it is a ridiculous movie it really mm -hmm. is but um also scary at the same yeah. time so um so yeah the delusions become grander for sure and we begin to see uh, sores on the characters' bodies and mm -hmm. they're constantly scratching and twitching. Kind of reminded me of uh, Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. Yeah, yeah. Make. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it, it is interesting to, to think of this movie as, as body horror because you mentioned Jeff Goldblum in The it Fly. Kind of, yeah. It, it's it weird because it's, it's yeah. almost like 
it's almost like body yeah. horror of the mind, you know? Like, it's like, like I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah like, yeah, it's like, it, it carries over to their skin and... Yeah, there's not that much, like, physical body horror, necessarily. Yeah. You know, there's not, like, things, like, growing out of them. But no. at the same time, like, if we're to believe it's true and their bodies are being eaten by bugs slowly, <laughs> that's yeah. that's amazing body horror. That's terrifying, you know? And exactly, so it's, yeah. it's, like, it's just one and of those things. bugs could be so small that you don't see them as well. So, yeah. like, microscopic, you know? So it kind of works in that way. Where mm -hmm. Again, like I was mentioning before, like, this movie really does get under your skin and mm -hmm. it kind of, it makes you feel like... Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so um, oh, I wanted to mention the scene because you talk about body horror uh, when he pulls his own tooth out. Yeah, because that's that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Like when he does that, and uh, I remember that in the theater as well, kind of being like, "Oh, that is yeah, that's rough." Um, and he does this because his his reasoning is because there's an insect egg sac under the filling, yeah. of course, of his tooth. Um, but yeah, that's just, just a memorable scene there. And um, then we have the tinfoil, which we alluded to. Mm -hmm. So the entire motel. Uh, it, basically, it cuts from one scene to this to the uh, next scene, and it's like the entire motel room is covered in tinfoil. It's just like yeah. it just like happens, and I kind of love that. It's just yeah. kind of thrown it, at it you. It doesn't like give that. you. This um, movie doesn't really give you time to catch up. It, it, no, it, it, it really it, is. It's, like, it's one of those that like hits you afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like you're in it whether whether you like it or not. You know. Right. But the reasoning for the tinfoil, I guess, is is uh, Peter's trying, or the, they're both at this point because now mm -hmm. they're both sharing the same delusion. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both trying to scramble the signal that the bugs are transmitting, mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah, the entire room's covered in tinfoil, and it's there's something so abstract about this and and absurd mm -hmm. about the tinfoil that I kind of love it. Like I kind of, and again, certainly theatrical. You know, you can imagine that like being on stage and from the original play and everything like that, and. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I love that they just really, again, they went for it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the, do the doctor shows up and, um, and he has like a line like bug problem. And, and, and he's like, so he, we don't, again, we don't know who this doctor is. And it's like mm -hmm. another, another one of those instances. Yeah. And we don't know if it's someone that Peter, you know, that Peter was talking about before who performed these experiments on him. Yeah, um, that that was that was kind of my favorite part of the movie. I know we, we normally when, kind when of, the doctor shows when up. the doctor shows up. I, I love yeah, I love movies. It's a good scene. Well, yeah. I love movies where you kind of can't trust anyone in in the whole thing. You know, like like anything anyone says. Uh, the movie I don't know if you ever have seen it, Mark. The movie Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, it, it was a, a sequel to the Cloverfield movie, but uh, similar in in a sense that it's it's about you know a few people trapped in a small space and you really can't trust any of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost a whodunit, but like with with yeah. grander, more kind of psychotic implications. And mm -hmm. I love that part with the doctor. And I think my favorite thing was that he <laughs> or the doctor or whatever he is, was that he walked whatever in he and he seemed like this authority figure. And then he immediately just rips a bong. <laughs> he rips a bong. I, know, I do like, love that. And it's like, wait, like, then you're like, wait, what is, wait a second. Yeah, like, like that, that, that's what I was just like, okay, like. I, I have no clue what's going on here, but not in a bad way where I'm lost. Yeah. I'm just like, I like this yeah. is there. There's a mystery beyond my comprehension because because it goes, you know, well, also first you think he's going to hide everything because yeah. he, he starts to say like, like, oh, what are you talking about? And, you know, Peter was institutionalized and mm -hmm. he's psychotic and all this. But then he starts to be like, you know, start to like, you know, like, all right, it was. Yeah, it was real. The yeah. Experiments were real. Like he starts to like kind of just 
starts like talking like i mean maybe that coincides with uh hitting the bong i don't know but, yeah well it's, it's also um, interesting just because what's so fun with with a movie like this and you know i i love movies that are that are built around conspiracy theories i'm not a conspiracy theorist in, yeah. in life but i really enjoy it's very entertaining because it, yeah, it's fun sure. and it's it's like <laughs> you you really can see people kind of spiral um and like you know, if, if we're going to throw our own theories out there, as I feel like you kind of have to with a movie like this, like, I think the theory that, that is exciting to me, if if we're going on the idea that this is all a shared delusion and not real, because, like, you know, we can't rule out that it's all real, but if it's a shared delusion, for me, like, it brings up the question of the relationship of Peter to the Doctor, and if we know that yeah. Peter is a manipulative personality <laughs> capable well, of inducing delusions, then, yeah. like, are we to believe that maybe Peter had some kind of experience with this doctor person in the past and maybe him well, chasing after Peter is a shared delusion or like Well at this point like that like is the doctor even real? That's what I was yeah. also thinking. Like mm -hmm. because you, you almost feel like you're like watching this film is such a strange experience. You like at least I felt like I was becoming mm -hmm. delusional watching it. Yeah. So you kind of feel like are, you know, am I imagining this doctor? Like, yeah. you know, so you really yeah, it's just it's so crazy. Um but I do love that scene and it's, it's keeps you on your toes the whole time. And then it ends with, um, you know, like a, a sh something that was shown a lot and sort of exaggerated a lot. I mean, it's very harrowing of course when it happens, but it was something that was shown a lot in the trailers and the, in the commercials for this movie to kind of heighten the action aspects of it, mm -hmm. which it really is not much action, but so anyway, so Peter stabs ends up running into the room and kind of stabbing and killing this doctor who we just mm -hmm. met. Uh, and he's and the whole time he's like machine machine yeah. screaming machine, uh, very and very clearly and, not a machine. <laughs> yeah, so very like, clearly. Peter, what are you doing? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> very clearly. Well, I mean, maybe I don't know. It's still, uh, I don't know. You really yeah. never know. You do, you, you don't. Um, know. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, but that when he, I don't know. That over the topness is like what makes this a cult film to me. Like that mm -hmm. when he's you know, machine, uh, when he's stabbing him and. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, so, oh, and also I forgot to mention the doctor mentions um, Lloyd, Agnes's son as yeah. well, which is like, he's trying to get under her skin as well. So you, you really don't know what this guy's about. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, we can find your son for you if you bring us Peter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so this is like the culmination of the film here. This is the ending. And everything really does culminate um, because Peter kind of ties all the different conspiracy theories together. Um, even though, I, I mean, you'd have to kind of look into if it makes any sense at all, but in his mind and in both their minds at this point, mm -hmm. it does. So that's yeah. all that matters. Um, which, which is what happens with conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, cause they, you know, really they can allow any connection to be made no matter how illogical. Uh, so, um, and then they kind of end up with the same, uh, you know, the same conclusion that we have to kill them. Mm -hmm. We have to kill the bugs. So, uh, oh, I love this part because <laughs> I forgot about this. I just read it in my notes. Uh, so there's a pizza delivery at this point. Oh, yeah. Which is like like so out of left field. You're like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I love it because they deliver, the pizza delivery guy comes, and as they're kind of freaking out and making this conclusion that they have to kill the bugs, and they take the pizza, which is also funny, mm -hmm. because, like, who doesn't want pizza, like, at any time, right? Yeah. So. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll take the pizza. Well, mm -hmm. they're like, obviously, like you know, they're wary of the person of the pizza delivery person, but mm -hmm. they're like, leave it at the door or whatever, slide it through. Uh, so they take the pizza and they start dissecting it, and they're like inspecting the pizza and they're the bugs. <laughs> picking picking through the pizza, uh, which is 
it's just so absurd. Um, like well, I was just like laughing at this point because yeah. there, there's a great shot in there too because they they have the whole thing where they're like we can't open the door because we don't know if it's really a pizza man so we'll just slide yeah. the money through the door but for some reason yeah. I guess it's a mail slot but there's already but I don't know why a, a mm-hmm. hotel room has a ma- a motel room has a mail slot so like there's a slot <laughs> yeah. in the door which is very curious it's a long term stay ho- yeah. a motel yeah. but th- there's a slot in the door which leads me to believe that this isn't the first time they've had some kind of a a transaction <laughs> yeah. with because they have to be right. eating you know they, they it's not like they've stopped eating you, yeah you never know how long they've been in the room right so, so it really raises yeah. some interesting questions about like like that's why i like this jump this time jump so much i, I know it's, yeah it, it, it probably is a little bit polarizing because like i could easily see some jarring, audience members but... being really frustrated oh, but I, I just like oh, I'll, the t- idea. I'll tell you about one of them when, yeah. when we get to the end of this episode i want to tell you a story after about but, that, but but so. i like for me but, yeah, like it's, it's so fun just having to piece it together you know, because it's just it's it's so ridiculous because yeah. you start thinking about the logistics of how they've been going like this. And it's like, who mm-hmm. knows how bizarre and how many people. Yeah, I, I think about like um, a, a fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Um, I don't know, Mark, mm. have you engaged with that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Like, like, like that. It's kind of that thing where, where you have two freaks living yeah. in a place where everyone else is trying to be normal. Mm-hmm. And like, and you don't know what to believe. Yeah. Like there's there's one scene in that where like he wakes up the next morning and the whole hotel room is flooded. And yeah. there's like a cleaning woman there mm-hmm. and you see the, and I'm just like, this is what this is. It's just two yeah. people totally out of control. And like, mm-hmm. like, I, I love that we get that little hint of how absurd it is with that pizza man, but it's like, yeah. they were still having to eat and probably exist and, and mm-hmm. entertain the outside world somehow. And it's like, I can only imagine, imagine that havoc that they unleashed on this little <laughs> Oklahoma town <laughs> in, the process, <laughs> on the pro- in the process yeah, of, of getting to where they were. <laughs> And at this point, they're both all covered in sores and you know, like yeah. cuts and all over their body. And I mean, now I just want to take a moment and say Ashley Judd, like I've never, you know, I've seen her in a lot of movies, obviously, yeah. or each, at least at this time she was in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And this was really a departure for her. We'll, oh, we'll yeah. talk about that too. But like this, you know, she was not, this was not a glamorous movie star role. No. So it's kind of cool that she took this on and they, they thought of her for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, at this point, they basically stripped naked, uh, well, they don't basically, they do strip naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear that sound of the helicopter again, and the room starts shaking. We have that subjective thing with the lights. Light, now, at this point, the lights come pouring in, um, you know, like, it's like through the tinfoil, I guess, or tinfoil falls down. Or, uh, But now everything is mixed with the sound of the bugs, so you kind of get that, that illusion that you were talking about, uh, Jeremy, with, like, the, the blades of the helicopter and, mm-hmm. and the wings of an insect. Um, and the two characters, uh, Agnes and Peter, strip naked, and they douse themselves in, in gasoline. And this is actually really sad. Like, this this is, you know, mm-hmm. even though you, you've kind of been laughing at this point uh, yeah. towards the end of the movie, like, I don't know. It's, it's something just watching these two do this that it, it's so absurd, but at the same time, just so sad. And uh, they, they tell each other, like, I love you and and flames. And that's it. I, I, think it I think it's um, kind of a classic tragic ending where it's sad yeah. but cathartic. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like it, it's sure. sad, but you're also kind of like, this is wild. You know, like. <laughs> Like like it was well, I was wild like, yeah it, like it didn't end and I was well just it's like, like pure adrenaline at yeah. that point you know it's, yeah like it you didn't feel like you yeah yeah I, w- I wasn't like depressed when it ended I wasn't like oh like, yeah it's not a depressing I no. was like wow what an it's, ending you know like what a what an insane piece they, of work they, yeah it's like wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they really what did I just it? watch yeah. like that kind of <laughs> yeah um, and then you get the credits uh, over the sound of crickets which I thought was like a nice little topper mm-hmm. there. Uh, softly in the background and the light sound of helicopter blades come back in i think there is one other shot that happens i think it's like it's like after some credits 
you know, like we have the mid credit scene in like every mainstream movie now, but there's like a, a very short, I think it's just like, it might even be a shot of the gro- of the grocery cart again mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the store, but I forget. But something like that, which again is kind of like it's just a cool thing they threw in there. But um, so yeah, that's that's bug, and I really am glad that you watched it, Jeremy, because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to talk about this movie with somebody, and yeah. nobody has seen it. Um, so even for a cult film, it's kind of like yeah, no, I'm, it's I'm a little bit out of left field, you know. I'm I'm excited to share this with with some of my friends who would uh would appreciate this yeah. kind of movie because it's yeah, it's, it's I I, uh, I can't really figure out how this one has managed to fly so under the radar. Yeah, it's, well, it was in, interesting. Again, I'd seen it years before, but um, I'm currently writing uh, a, a novel, and it's about cult members. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, cause it's about, like, these different members live, that live together in this big house. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it takes place there. And I, I found this film, like, really interesting depiction of that kind of mentality. Yeah. Uh, again, just the shared delusion aspect. Um mm-hmm. And the paranoia and things like that. So it was, yeah, it was good to, to watch it again. Um, and just, you know, I was excited to talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't talk about this movie without talking about, well, a couple people, but one of them will be director William Friedkin. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, no stranger to horror, right? Yep. I mean, he made one of the biggest horror films ever, The yep. Exorcist. Um, and I think, in my opinion, he is truly one of the great filmmakers. I don't know what oh, your yeah. opinion of him, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, I love William um, I think he's... Yeah, like Sorcerer and, I mean, even like Cruising. Like, I don't know. I just, I really, you know, his films are are pretty great. Um, And uh, this is somewhat of a smaller scale for him, I guess, perhaps, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, though. Um, And because, you know, as we mentioned, we still get those signature uh, Mm zoom-ins and things like that. And it does have his mark on it, I think. Um, But he also, I think it was important because... It has the freaking mark, but he also, I feel like he really allowed the material to breathe and yep. to trust in the material. Mm-hmm. And apparently um, the origin of, of him even filming this movie is that he went to go see the play and he just was like floored by it. And he was like, I have to make this a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and you and you could tell that he really didn't want to touch it too much. You know, he kind yeah. of wanted to just keep it as it was. Um, as he experienced it. So you, you kind of get that. I think that's super important with this movie. Um, yeah, it, it felt like he understood that he had an interesting piece of writing. Yeah. And that and that the 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 real star of this is the writing. Yeah. You know, like like that like that's the thing ultimately that, he even, that shines. He even shot it in chronological order, which I think is mm. cool, which as we know from filmmaking sp- uh, standpoint, Jeremy is extremely rare. Yeah. Hollywood, well, Hollywood and very movies, impractical. But I guess when you're, and when you're doing it, but but I guess it kind yeah. of makes sense in this situation. It makes sense here. Yeah. Because you, you're sure. seeing the deterioration of these two characters and the deterioration of the space. And so, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the DP was a little cranky about things at times because they probably had to, mm-hmm. you know, like light spaces, then break it down, then light it again. But like from a production oh, design yeah. standpoint. Apparently it was a horror. Yeah. The real horror was trying to film in the tinfoil room. Apparently, oh, yeah. The like, everything was reflecting. And yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Which I didn't even think of. But then when I started to think about that, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. No, I, I can imagine. But, nightmare. but but practically, I, I think it does make sense for this one to for them to have shot it in order. And I think. I think you can feel it in the performances, you know, not that, you know, these, these are both, well, all, not just both, all very capable actors. And I, you know, I have no doubt that they could have, mm-hmm. could have pulled it off, not in chronological order, but I, I do feel like there is that certain something of like, it feels like, you know, it feels like a play. Like it, it feels like it just has this, this forward momentum. Mm. It doesn't feel like there's a scene yeah. that's, uh, deviates from this, forward momentum. this, this push, this push the whole mm. time. Yeah. 
yeah, I think it was almost as like essential for this movie to be filmed yeah. that way. It kind of seems like it anyway. I, I'm sure it helped a lot um, yeah. with every, the whole, you know, with the performances and everything like that. And um, it looks, it looks like it was probably a lot of fun to make too. Just it's so look, ridiculous. Yeah, it looks like, like you know, I watched some behind the scenes because I actually have the DVD of this movie, believe uh-huh. it or not. Uh, that's pretty, so that's pretty I, neat. Hold on to that. I know. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm holding on to that one for sure. I actually mm-hmm. purged a lot of my movies, but I kept that one uh-huh. uh, because yeah, because it's just not talked about at all. But um, yeah. but I watched the, some you know some of the behind the scenes footage and stuff, and like the way you know because they, they just shot it again mostly just it was like on one set um, mm-hmm. I think in some high school or something like that yeah. is where they built everything. Mm-hmm. And the, when I looked at it, it just reminded me of like film school. You know, it yeah. just reminded me of these really small, intimate kind of mm-hmm. um, films that maybe like a smaller independent film or something like yeah. that, uh, which is interesting because it's, again, it's William Friedkin who's like one of the biggest yeah. directors, you know, in terms of, of horror and things like that. So um, yeah, it definitely has that quality to it. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to the editor um, as well, uh, which is, his name is Darren Navarro. And um, because <laughs> I just want to give like a couple moments that I just thought were kind of like genius, like so mm-hmm. out there, but so like, during the sex scene when he cuts to like just a, a close-up of a praying mantis really yeah. quick which is you know they have the they eat their lover after they mate mm-hmm. uh, and then the the moment where we're actually you alluded to this before jeremy but the moment when peter and agnes are looking into the microscope together and it cuts to the microorganisms like moving around with the loud blaring heavy <laughs> like me- what is it like metal music or something yeah um that's pretty great like i don't know i just i love how that part is edited it's so like, fast it's, million, like, millions. it's, it's yeah. so fast because it's just like like that cut it, it's such a timing thing and it's like you see all the screaming and just the millions like it's it's so quick millions. like there's, there's it, no it, build it just comes up. out of because the whole yeah the whole movie is not like that at all and then yeah yeah just, it, it just it, but I, lo- just I love so stuff tight. like that i love mm-hmm. i love editing that keeps you on your toes that's yeah. always like when i whatever i would edit something that's always what i would have in mind um yeah so it's I such love an that. adventurous and cut it is it is um and yeah, there's a lot of cuts like that throughout the movie as well. And of course, we have to talk about the writer, uh, Tracy Letts, mm-hmm. who, so uh, this is one of the rare cases where the writer of the original play also wrote the film, which might be part of the reason why it does work so well, in our mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, in many people's opinion, maybe not, but we'll get yeah. to that in a, in a moment. Or, uh, again, marketing, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and uh, so the director and writer would team up again five years later with 2011's Killer Joe, uh, another film based on one of Let's plays, and uh, a, a play he wrote actually before Bug. It, I'm not sure if it was the first one or one of the first that he wrote, um, but that came before Bug, and that is a hell of a movie, Jeremy. If you uh, if you like if you enjoyed Bug, I would say definitely seek that movie out, Killer mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah, I would um, say it's it's another certainly another cult film. Mm-hmm. Um, has some really memorable and bizarre scenes in it, mm-hmm. and a very entertaining performance from Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Um, he plays I'm, like I'm always kind of hit, I'm always down. He's played, you know, that character that he plays where it's kind of like a sleaze ball. He's like yeah. a hit, you know, hitman sleaze ball kind of. Mm-hmm. And he's it's so, but it has that weirdness and it has that theatrical over the top quality in certain scenes that you just kind of have to mm-hmm. you have to watch it, Jeremy. Well, we'll talk about that. Another yeah, time, that, <laughs> that might that might be one of my next ones. But yeah, yeah. So they because they collaborated uh, collaborated again, like I said, five years later. So. Yeah, definitely. If you enjoyed Bugs, seek out Killer Joe for mm-hmm. sure. It's very different, but um, very cool. And the performances I want to touch on, um, because this was also another rare occasion here of an actor reprising his role from the stage play that the film mm, is based on. That's fine. Uh, so Michael, Sh- yeah, Michael Shannon. Um, 
he played the role of Peter on stage in a couple of different productions, I think in London and then in the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, which makes total sense because I can't picture anyone else as Peter, really. I t- yeah. Like he's pretty much perfect for this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Shannon is. Uh, and apparently Lionsgate wanted to cast an actor with more name recognition, but Friedkin was determined to yeah, have I, I can't Michael imagine, Shannon perform. I can't imagine yeah. anyone else. He just told them how he brought like a, you know, because he does, he brings a unique quality to the part um, that you can't find in anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is the first time I really became aware of him as an actor as well. And he really is something in this. Um, And Ashley Judd, as I mentioned, um, you know, I feel like, yeah, she was, she was pretty, like she was in a lot of mainstream films around this time Mm -hmm. that this came out 2006. And uh, so it's interesting again to see her in this kind of a film. It's, it's something a bit different, I guess. Um, plays mm-hmm. like a different kind of role than you would normally see with you know and she does come across as very vulnerable and damaged and i yeah. thought she did a good job i mean she's wacky she's wacky in this I don't oh but I... she gets wacky oh yeah. yeah so now this is what i want to close with jeremy because speaking of wacky and the audience reaction now again this film the way it was marketed was not how the film really is and i think a lot of people went into the theaters with that expectation so uh when we started the podcast i mentioned uh, I had gone to see this film with a, a group of my friends, um, and this may be like one of my favorite theater experiences ever, like movie theater experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and the audience rea- reaction to it was like um, mostly disappointment, I think, and a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. And again, now it's like because they were they thought they were walking into just like a typical whatever. I don't know if you know what kind of horror movie they thought it was going to be, but. However, it was marketed to them, um, which, again, and that's what I thought, too. So, uh, you know, we all kind of thought that. And then when the film kind of takes a turn, you know, at first you're like, what is what is happening here? Is this just a drama? And then when it takes that turn, um, you know, it, it really goes for it. And I think the react now I reacted to that in a, in a really good, really positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the theater did not. Mm-hmm. And to the point where they actually it's the first time and maybe the only time I've ever seen an uh, uh, audience become hostile. Like they really. really well, there's a couple of people, especially, um, that really were unhappy. And I knew this because they were very vocal. Um, so there's a moment, um, very like almost at the very end of the movie, when everything is building up and there, you know, there's this tension throughout. And and um, Ashley Judd's character Agnes is she's like screaming and uh, which it's a line that I love. Like it's it's like one of my favorite lines. It's like I am the super mother bomb, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> which is so ridiculous. It's so, it's so fun. out yeah. there. And it's, but it's, it's so fun. And it's yeah. one moment that I, I will never forget because when mm-hmm. she shouted that, like I broke out into laughter, but the guy, now, we don't curse much on the show, but I have to say verbatim what I remember. And it was just, um, <laughs> he just, he was sitting behind me with his, I don't know, his girlfriend or wife or whatever. And he just goes, man, fuck this shit. <laughs> and he, and they, and they both got up and he I, I, I am the super mother bug. That's where. Yeah. That's where. They and it all out. culminated at the same time. It was like as she was screaming that, like he just like got up and he was like, "Man, I'm out of here." <laughs> oh, that's uh, hysterical. And uh, so that's what I remember, like from this movie, and that's why, like, it just—I don't know—a lot of reasons why it sticks with me. But yeah. um, and I think that line, like, if it wasn't already in full-on cult territory, mm-hmm. that really pushes the it I into the that. Super cool, because that's the kind I of thing you would see in like a B movie. Right, but yeah. this is with like an Oscar-nominated director and like you know, like <laughs> with like a renowned actor. Yeah, like yeah, renowned it's, actors. It's, it's and, bizarre. Like, yeah, it's just. The, but again, the, they went for it, and I love that they did. The yeah. playwright who had gone to do August Osage County. Like, it's like, <laughs> I know. That's what's it's like very strange. I know, strange, but but I, that's, yeah. I think well, that's again, if, so if you want more, 
if you want more in a similar vein, like very similar to this, then definitely Killer Joe. Killer Joe, is, yeah. Uh, want to check out? Yeah, it's very fun. Very fun. Yeah. Uh, very dark. Very dark movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So Bug is it? I mean, it's dark. Is it a psychological thriller? A is horror it, uh, film? A, a, a love story? Dark comedy? Yeah, and, that, and that's you know. But I, it's it's its own. I've thing. come to the conclusion like yeah, it's it's all of these things. Like, it's, it's it's Bug. It's, you know, it's very <laughs> unique. It's Bug. Yeah. It's Bug. Um, I think even Michael Shannon, like, it's funny because he played the part for so long. Uh-huh. And so when they were ta- they interviewed him on the DVD, I was watching and I'm like, all right, so he's going to have, the, you know, some insight into this and all that. And when they ask him about the movie, he seems perplexed. Like, he seems yeah. not, you know, not perplexed, but he seems like he, you know, he's like, I, he always well, says something like, I always thought of it as a love story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then he said, but then he says something like, but it's called Bug. Yeah. So I so it's kind of like I don't know. Like I don't really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you know, it, it, that that says something. Someone who's, who's been playing the, a very vital role in this in this play in this film, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even he seems a bit perplexed by yeah, it. And, totally sure. Um, but obviously the audience I saw it with uh, was yeah. very perplexed as well. And uh, but I I think with I will say with both the play and the movie, I like how bold it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how you know I like how it's written and I like how what they did with it in the yeah. in the film adaptation, which doesn't always happen. You know, they don't always adapt things the way you want, like you said, Jeremy. So yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> I, I think I think um, it's, it, it, this movie, you know, just to, just to kind of close out the yeah, I think this movie was really probably about ten years ahead of its time, for sure. Because um, yeah. I'm just thinking the movie that I kept thinking of while watching this is The Lighthouse. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 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 and just you know. I think that was brought up before, actually, as well. Yeah, I yeah. Mentioned that before. Yeah, and the just, racer head. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, but the, yeah, the lighthouse is just like, I feel like if this movie were to come out in twenty twenty two, as we record this near the end of the mm. year here, like it would probably be getting oh, independent yeah. spirit award nominations. Oh, and like consider and the pres- memes. Can you imagine? Yeah. The, oh my god. Can you imagine the memes? I mean, come on. Yeah, but but like I, I, I feel am the like super mother bug. <laughs> the, 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 this movie was made in a time. When it was just a few years before, yeah, we we had this kind like, of art horror, yeah, as, it was a as little its too own early, genre. right? Yeah, and yeah, like like if right. this had come out a little later, it would have it would have mm-hmm. fit right in with those kind mm-hmm. of you know movies that are a little smarter, yeah. but but use horror to kind of present some bigger ideas. <laughs> yeah, but but it at the time, been... it seems like audiences kind of just maybe didn't know what to do with it. Um, it might have been a timing thing. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right on the money with that. Because I don't know. Just, it, just, just it does explain a lot. Yeah, like like this movie coming out now. Like I feel like people would go nuts over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like like well, I feel I think, like no one would yeah. get up and leave because they they would be too busy. <laughs> it would be in on the joke. With yeah. Glee. Yeah. It's like right. They would be enjoying it. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It, I think this film actually has like a like an F for a cinema score. Like I think it's yeah. you know, and I don't know. I don't know if it's changed at all. Mm-hmm. I do think people look back on it now because I've seen I like. You know, when I was doing some research, I saw some articles that were kind of like revisiting Bug, you know, mm-hmm. like the strange film by William Friedkin. Like, I think now people can look back and, and maybe mm-hmm. understand it more and, and appreciate it more. But I think you're really right on that, Jeremy. I think it was a little too early. A little too early. It, it, it was a little too hip for the room in a way. Like, yeah. And I think at that time there was, I mean, there's still a lot of horror films coming out. But at that time, it was like, I just remember like a deluge of horror films. Yeah. And it was just... That was like all that was coming out, and um, well, you and know, it, this film kind of got it got thrown in with all that, yeah. and people expected that, you know. Well, I so. think horror, horror films at that time kind of didn't. There wasn't an expectation that they would be dealing with anything more than scaring you, or and torture, it, torture porn, yeah, was torture the porn, the yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like you know, yeah. like this, this movie. Yeah, I'm glad like, it wasn't that. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the Michael Shannon thing. It's like it could be a love story, you know. Yeah. And and I think for someone going expecting, you know, Hostel, which not to knock Hostel, I think Hostel is its own. 
thing. That's, in yeah, when I think but, of 2006 horror, that's what I think yeah, of. Yeah, like, but it's like, you know, or, when you go in expecting yeah. Hostel or Saw or, you know, mm. a remake of My Bloody Valentine or something like that. <laughs> right. And you, exactly, you get a movie yeah. where it's people arguing about, you know, their <laughs> lost child and bugs. Lost and child, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, it's a little weird. And I think that discomfort probably mm-hmm. rubbed people the wrong way. But I don't know. I think worth watching for sure. We're, for sure. Worth watching. I do enjoyed it. Yeah. I really didn't know. I was like, Jeremy's either gonna hate me for this or, or No, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty you know, I'm pretty open minded. Yeah, you're pretty open minded. There, there, yeah, there are very few things. As long as someone's doing something and, and really trying to be interesting yeah. and not playing I, it safe, I'll normally get excited about it. I was like, he at least has to find it somewhat interesting. Yeah. Before, no, like. I, I thought this was terrific. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to watch it again soon. Yeah. Yeah, you should. It's uh, show it to other people too and see if yeah. you can get their reactions. Yeah, have, have a little um, movie night. Have a yeah, little movie night and tell but, them nothing about it. Yeah, don't tell them anything. Not exactly. even the name. Just, don't tell just them go right into it. Yeah. Just put it right on. Yeah. Throw in your DVD from wherever yeah. I got that from. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love that I own that DVD, by the way. Yeah. No, I, I'm curious to see the behind the scenes <laughs> at some point. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's um, It might be on YouTube or something. Yeah, but I hope I can find sure it, can so. it. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, and we didn't even get to Harry Connick Jr. We had, to yeah, <laughs> we were going to talk about him, but anyway, he's in the movie. He's in the movie, and he does his job. He sings a song, and no, yeah, no, yeah. plays he, he, a piece of ex-husband, but you know. just just as some just as a Frank Sinatra cover, and then, <laughs> then gets then gets his hand stapled. It's, you know, yeah, I do like the scene between him and Peter too. Yeah, we've yeah. talked enough about this movie, but yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. stop there. Go, go just just go watch it if you haven't. Go watch for Bug some reason. If you haven't. Yeah, for not, some reason, you know, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. If not, just talk about it with your friends. Go talk, <laughs> talk about Harry Connick Jr. with your friends. So yeah, yeah, go t- <laughs> as friends do. As friends do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for watching this movie with me, Jeremy. <laughs> and thank you, everyone who listened and hopefully watched the movie as well. Uh, so we're going to close it out here. And uh, thanks for listening to Cult Movie Cult. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any cult films you'd like to hear us discuss on the show, or if you'd like to officially join the cult, be a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at cultmoviecult at gmail.com. This has been Cult Movie Cult. And until next time, so long from the other side. Super mother bug. I am the super mother bug. <laughs>